right, and we are live. Welcome everybody to another episode of our Labs Open Office Hour. This time we are joined by the whole entire team, our Labs lads. Uh, today we have with us, oh, I'm not married, William. Uh, William George here is our rendering and photogrammetry guy. Down below me is Matt Bach, the content creation uh, you know, expert. And let me see, over there in the corner there is Kelly Shipman. He is our kind of game development and... Um, I feel like kind of 3D modeling 3D, in a way, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't cool, really cool. know how to summarize, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt there should have been an and there, but I wasn't quite sure what it would have been. So, um, well, thank you guys for joining us, and thank you, audience, for coming as well. Um, today is very exciting, and it's very much similar to like what we did last week, um, the 3090. It's on the top of mind for everybody, to top of mind and top of uh, tip of tongue, I think is the right phrase. So, um yeah, what do you guys think? Good. Big card. <laughs> Very big. <laughs> Swole is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Swole is the goal. They won for sure. All right. So um, I am curious myself, um, anything out of the ordinary, anything unexpected other than uh, the size, obviously. We kind of we knew that was coming, but um, any, anything interesting you guys want to talk about right off the bat? Uh, I guess I'll kick things off. Um, I, I think the biggest thing with the 3090, even more than the 3080, is that things are still kind of in flux uh, because, like, Nvidia's launched their card. All of these third mark, you know, party guys have launched their cards, but we're lacking the big thing, which is the capability of doing multi-GPU configurations because uh, right. the card is so big; it, it's two slots versus mm -hmm. two slots that most cards are. So already you physically could only put two into a system unless you've got a really weird motherboard or something. But really like you're limited to two, uh, which isn't great compared to the old, like the 2080 Ti, uh, you could do four. Um, mm -hmm. And the blower style or the, the weird color that it has pretty much means that two cards is already gonna cook. So, you know, it, it's not great already. So I think we gotta wait for the blower style cards to come out for the times where um, the 3090 is going to be especially good. Uh, like I know in my own test, it can be good in DaVinci Resolve, but man, once you get up to that level, a lot of people buying that kind of a workstation will want two or three uh, video cards. And so being able, being limited to just one, it means that you could get or out. Oh, more expensive, but a lot of those people budget is whatever. So I see. Yeah, the good thing though is that a 3090 blower has been announced. Gigabyte yeah. uh, announced Ooh. one, whereas like there isn't a 3080 blower that's been announced yet. So Weird. we're kind of in a, a stuck pattern, I suppose you might say, for for those cards yeah. until somebody makes one. But the 3090, there's going to be one. It's just a matter of whenever they hit the market. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to get four of those in a system and do some rendering tests. We played around with, uh, we have a, a 3090 Founders Edition and a 3090 from Gigabyte, but one of the triple fan designs in the oh, office. Sure. And so we did some playing around with dual 3090s in a way that you would never actually want to do inside a case they would cook. <laughs> but on an open air test bed for a few minutes, they were okay. And yeah, the performance is fantastic and the scaling like in rendering is really, really good. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, because in general, um, I think across all of our stuff, uh, in the best case, it was a, a 3090. One 3090 was equivalent to two 2080 TIs or two Titans. Usually they're about the same kind of performance, um, which okay. means that 
that two 3090s are equivalent-ish or should be equivalent-ish to about three or four Titans or 2080 Ti's, which means that four 3090s, if we can do it, should be the same as like having two boxes before that you're doing like Ooh. network rendering or things over the network. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Like that's a doubling of performance and those kind of workloads. Yeah. Yeah. What about noise? Uh, there, that, that has come up and actually just popped up in YouTube. A question from Hakan Broderlund. Um, wouldn't a blower 3090 be prohibitively loud for creative work? They Perhaps. would be loud, <laughs> but like for rendering, <laughs> usually, I mean, people that are doing rendering already with like four 2080 Ti's, it's mm-hmm. maybe going to be a little different in noise because these are hotter cards, but you're already used to that. If, if you're the sort of person that's going to have multiple cards like that in a system, you've either already dealt with that by putting the system in another room or just you're in an environment where the noise isn't a huge deal to begin with. So, right. Yeah, um, because a lot of those workloads, like you mentioned rendering or for my work, uh, it's like colorists. They're not dealing with audio quite so much. So right. it being loud, it's just a white noise generator. Uh, <laughs> or like you said, they put it in another room. I, I, I know a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but some people, they'll like um, one of those little like port things that you use to like um, hide cables in your wall to like go up to your TV. They'll oh, sure. put those directly through the wall, put the computer on the other side of the wall. And then they just run the cables through the wall, and then now they don't have to worry about it. And hopefully, there's like a closet on the other side of your your, your uh, office or yeah. something like that, or a sauna with how much heat these put out. Yeah, that'd be cool <laughs> yeah. too. I like it. Uh, let's. See. Oh, there was a, an early question about um, the SLI bridge. Uh, or, or NVLink since NVLink. we've we've since updated to that. Uh, I know for a lot of what we do, uh, it doesn't really matter. And it seems um, it seems like that's just kind of like the industries are catching up to that concept that it doesn't it doesn't really make much difference. Well, it really depends on what you're doing. Yeah, if like for example, I know Matt's talked about Resolve where you don't want to do that. You want the cards treated completely separately. But mm-hmm. what NVLink does is just gives a fast interconnect between two cards so they can communicate faster. They can already talk over the PCI Express bus. Sure. And PCI Express 4.0 that these cards support, if you're putting them in a supported motherboard, you're doubling the amount of bandwidth that has already. Okay. But but the uh, NVLink is like an order of magnitude faster than that. So if you want the cards to be able to communicate so that they can either share data that happens to be in one or the other card's onboard memory, or so that they can be communicating about other things, NVLink is really good for that. So I think Don, in some of his scientific computing stuff, that'll come up. Oh, It can come up in rendering if it's supported by the rendering engine you're using. If the rendering engine doesn't support it, it does absolutely nothing. If the engine does support it, it can allow, like I said, some of that, not quite pooling of memory, but sort of sharing that can enable use of larger scenes, more complex textures and things without having to go out to the system memory that's a lot slower access. So there's there are benefits to it, and it's going to be interesting to test. Um, but we're going to have to wait not only on the actual bridges becoming available, but also potentially on different size bridges. The only ones they've announced oh, for right. GeForce cards are a four-slot bridge, which means you can do two cards, you know, spaced out. But again, if you're doing that sort of rendering, there's a good chance you might want more than two cards. And so, what happened last generation, at least, is the Quadro cards used the same 
physical bridge connector on the card. Right. And so right. we could use the quadro bridges that were slotted closer together on G-Force cards. We have no idea because Amper quadros haven't been even really hinted at by NVIDIA yet, but at some point in the future, presumably they'll come out. And if the NVLink bridges are compatible, then that would give us an option for doing that. Um, otherwise, it's possible that doing NVLink might limit the number of cards you can have, which then right, might not be right. worthwhile. Yeah, and it's worth double pointing out real quick that um, you said if the rendering supports it, because this has to be supported by your software. Yes. Um, it's not an automatic thing. Um, yeah. Even like the memory pooling you mentioned completely has to be supported by the software. It is just an interconnect. Um, so yeah. I think a lot of the applications I deal with, like uh, even DaVinci Resolve, where people have been saying, oh, it should have NVLink support. No, it doesn't. And I don't know if Blackmagic's ever going to at it because especially now that they've removed those connections from most of the cards it's only on the 3090 that's going to be such a small subset of their users that to devote that amount of development time to getting it working like they haven't fixed the bug where if you have your system in sli it only sees one card instead of two they haven't fixed that bug and that's been there forever um and that's how many of their users might have encountered that versus how many people will be using or be able to use NVLink. You know, something like rendering, probably more, um, you know, comes up more, something like uh, DaVinci Resolve, probably not. Uh, your stuff is probably the biggest one because those people are writing their own code. So it's, all, it's up to them to do you know, stuff with it. Yeah, there's, there's places <laughs> where it, it, it's significant. And and uh, you actually, uh, William, made me think of something that I don't know the answer to. Um, the, the, you know, if, but the the thing with the NVLink is it, it's just you know massive bandwidth and and low latency, um, and yes, you can go over the PCI uh, E bus, but uh, a, a question and I don't know the answer to this, but you just you just reminded me like oh we need to check this is peer to peer. Mm -hmm. Because, they can even do peer-to-peer -peer? yeah i don't well you know they, they can do peer-to-peer -peer, but I, you know there's a, like the the um the 2000 cards rtx 20s they um they had to go back through cpu space they mm -hmm. didn't have peer-to-peer -peer over the pci bus so they had to go back to CPU space to another card. They had to do this thing. Uh, the, 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 you know, like the 1080 Ti and stuff like that, they had PCIe peer-to-peer -peer and so did the quadros of um, the, you know, the, the Turing quadros. Mm -hmm. uh, but the GeForce did not. And I don't know that about this one. I so bet if, ooh, the, if the 2000 series didn't have it, they probably don't have it in this series. They seem to be really trying to segment the the cards like even the, there's some stuff that the titan rtx which was a touring card mm -hmm. had that the 3090 doesn't like linus had a good video about that some of the some of the extra stuff that was enabled in the driver on the titan isn't on the 3090 so i, I bet there's probably not features that are bringing back <laughs> that's doubtful but yeah, we can test could, that we got cards yeah Yay. hey i i didn't even think no about bridge. that bridge <laughs> Do we have two two nine twenty thirty? We, we <laughs> have two thirty nineties, one gigabyte, one founders edition. Oh, so we could we could fire those puppies up yeah. for in in labs, right? Yeah, we could throw that in next week and see what happens. Got a lot we on just, order. Just, we just <laughs> have to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We just yeah. can't plug in the front I/O on our test beds when we do that. <laughs> 
Isn't that you what you said? Can, oh. With the, the with 23090s, it's if you want the, the 33080 setup. Oh, okay. We can do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, production. Uh, I think production oh, hates yeah, this yeah. launch more than any other launch that's ever happened before. Because <laughs> it, it, it totally changes all of the cooling in the everything. case. Like, mm-hmm. all, yeah, all the cooling is different. All of the like way we can do Please. multiple cards. It seems like the shrouds are even thicker. So like the stuff William was running into where we can't plug in like the front port, like the the power switch and the power LEDs and stuff. Like it doesn't oh, fit. Oh wow! Like yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> how how are they going to deal with that? Do we have to get like low profile like two pin extenders or something? I don't know if anyone makes anything like that. It's going to be yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they're 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 going to make it through and they're going to like figure it all out. But this is going to be probably the biggest change to how we build workstations that we've had mm-hmm. maybe ever. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too. I've seen comments. Um, there's rumor of a 20 gig VRAM 3080 coming. Don't believe um, rumors. Well, no, no. <laughs> I, know, I, I understand that part, but um, <laughs> I'm curious. It, it seems to have come with a sort of a negative cloud that like, if mm-hmm. this does happen, why like this would be kind of a, a slap in the face of anybody who bought the 10 gig one. I'm curious how much the VRAM actually affects like your guys' different sectors. Because, um, like, 10 gigs, that's a lot. I mean, isn't mm-hmm. that... That's, that's uh, what, two gigs less than a 2080 Ti, right? It's one. Only one, one gig less than... Oh, so what are you doing that could be maxing that out, that you would want a 20, a 20 gig 3080? So in the... have answers for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's yes. go Kelly. <laughs> Me? Yeah, Kelly, um, you go first. So for... Um, uh, real-time playback or real-time renderings type stuff, mm-hmm. the higher the resolution gets, the more VRAM you need. And that'd be like for the textures and things or or just of the models? Uh, for everything. So like oh. the higher the higher the screen resolution, the more VRAM you need. Okay. So 4K, you're pushing it. 8K will take more than 10 gigs. Uh-huh. Um, which is ridiculous for gaming. Okay. To do 8K, like there's two <laughs> monitors in the world that do it, and they're like thirty thousand dollars each. So why even bother? Um, but for like virtual production and those kind of things, they're driving these massive LED walls. Like they could use it. Um, okay. So that's the big thing in real time is more resolution the more vram you need and you can easily use up a lot of the tests i was doing in 4k would crash on a 10 gig card because i didn't have enough vram wow okay just because of the number of the size of textures and the um amount of rays being used and all kinds of features that people would be using in architecture or virtual production yeah yeah, it's the same thing for me. It's like 10 gig is okay for 4K in most apps, but once you get up to 8K, like video editing, um, in some it's fine. Like Premiere, you can do 8K uh, with a 10 gig card. It's, it's gonna be cut it close. Like if you have three 4K monitors or something like that, that's gonna be also eating up VRAM. Yeah, it might be a little too tight, but you, you might be able to squeak by. Uh, but something like uh, DaVinci Resolve, it really needs that VRAM. Like we recommend 20 gigs of VRAM uh, for if you're gonna be working with the 8K. And so in that case, I mean, a 20 gig 3080 might be really nice uh, because 
people love to say that DaVinci Resolve like loves the GPU and like, you know, is super crazy optimized for GPU. Um, but it's really only parts of that. Like if you're just like editing a video um, and like not doing much besides like clip, you know, cutting it and like arranging stuff, you don't need a lot of GPU power. That's mostly CPU. So having a 3080 with 20 gigs means you can do it. Um, and then it's just once you start applying like effects and stuff, that's where like, oh, you'd really want like a 3090. Uh, but yeah, it could be really nice if if it happens. Again, I, I don't I don't put any stake into leaks. It's way too easy to fake things. It's well, way it too easy like, to mix stuff up. And it would seem like it would rob from from the thirty ninety. Uh, it you know I don't know why. Yeah. I, I could see maybe like later down the road with like a super or a ti kind of a deal, but right. um, but like back to back or, or or so close to the initial launch, it, it doesn't seem. Like yeah, kind of. I mean, they also had the super cards that was like a halfway launch, and you know this last time. Right. Um, so it, it could be that they would do a thirty eighty super that it replaces the thirty eighty like they do with the super cards. Sure. And like it's a new model and now it just has much. But yeah, I, I kind of agree that it would eat too much into the thirty ninety. And I can't imagine them doing a 3090 Super with like 48 gigs. That that eats too much into Quadro. <laughs> Holy cow. So, Especially the performance yeah. difference between the 3080 and 90. It's only like 10, 15% different. Like, yeah. So yeah. where are you going to price that? Because yeah, so that you're really paying for the RAM. That's a big deal there because the, um, that, that memory is expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, that you know that's why those car that's why the you know uh, 3090 is so much more money because that you know yeah that um, the GPU memory is is pricier. There, there is a um, big gap there in price though between 699 for the 3080 and 1499 for the 3090. So yeah, it's a little mm -hmm. too big. I, yeah, I but, could totally see them slotting in very expensive. Yeah, either a 3080 Ti or Super or just a 3080 20 gig version at like 999 maybe. Yeah, I mean three hundred dollars, and the oh, yeah. only hey, difference is VRAM. That would be believable. Um, and yeah, like in in rendering, it's a lot of the same stuff Kelly was saying. Um, the complexity of your scene and geometry and textures and all that um, impact how much memory you need. And some rendering engines actually let you do what they call out of core, where it can go and use the system memory for some of that stuff. But that, depending on what exactly is in the system memory and how much it needs to get that can impact or will, I shouldn't say can, definitely will impact the rendering speed. It'll slow things down. So if you can have enough VRAM, that's ideal. Um, but yeah, like a 3080 10 gig, okay, somebody gaming at 4K is not, at least with anything current, is not gonna need more than the 10. Sure. So a 3080 20 gig version, if it came out, would be more aimed, I think, at uh, the content creation stuff, like what our customers are doing, or someone who, wanted to game at like 8k but I, yeah, you really need like a 3090 8k though. low quality <laughs> yeah i was gonna say 8k low quality and then realize that's that doesn't make any sense so well, it really would be more of a creator card i think hmm. um and yeah, there's enough gap there i could see it happening but um I would hope it wouldn't insult people too much if like if the price difference is big enough like yeah okay three hundred dollars more did you really want to spend that when you're a gamer and you wouldn't benefit right yeah 
Yeah, the machine yeah. learning side and scientific stuff, it can it can be a big deal. In fact, it's, it's often a showstopper. Yeah, I've heard sometimes um, where you'll have a job that's too big and it'll Oh, man, I see break. this little message, OOM, out of, <laughs> out of memory. I see that very <laughs> regularly, okay? Um, and... Uh, you know, and the, the thing is, you can do a you can do a lot of stuff, even 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 with an eight gig card, you know. But that's nah, that's pushing it. Um, but you know, in perspective, if you look at kind of uh, a lot of the the machine learning models, the, especially you know the. Uh, classification, visualization, image classification, stuff like that. Those are you, you know, the kind of the typical image size for those is like 224 by 224 pixels. Okay. Okay. That's pretty small. And there's people that are are wanting to do uh, classification on big, like like 3D, like you know, CAT scans and and microscopy stuff like that, right? Yeah. And um, so so they've got images that are massive. They're huge. And a lot of those are you're you're lucky if you can even get a single image. Mm-hmm. On the oh wow, wow! And, and you need you you want to have batches of these things in there, and so I mean you you have to you pretty much have to make a compromise. But it's essentially the size of the features that are being. Um, you know, being learned, whatever, uh, for uh, for in the model, and you know, the the more features there are, which is like pixels or whatever, you know, more words, whatever, right. um, that, um, uh, yeah, it, it can use up a lot of memory. So the 3090 is that's pretty nice, you know. I mean, it's like the uh, the RTX Titan, you know, it's gonna, yeah, it, it's an it's a it's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good replacement for that. Nice. Um, there so, was a question. Yeah, a lot of the machine learning people are pretty excited about that one. That's good because um, there was an earlier, like early on, there was a question about the 3090 versus the the RTX Titan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so stay on with the, the 20 gig 3080 if it happens. I think the the main thing is we kind of have to wait and see how the blower style cards happen. Um, yeah. If the because blower style you only have one fan. If it's able to keep up with like a 3090 and we can stack four of them, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't really care. We, we can keep the 10 gig 3080, we can have 24 gig 3090, and I think it's fine. The people who are going to be investing that amount of money, they're doing it because it's justified by the amount of performance they're getting out of it. So yeah. they'll just go with the 3090. Um, but if the cooling means we can only do three cards or two cards, that's when a 3080, if we can do four cards, yeah. would be really nice to have a 20 gig model because if we we're going to sell a whole lot of those 3080s um, mm. in like rendering or resolve or whatever. So I, I think a lot of this is going to come down to these aftermarket blower style cards. And if they work, how well they work, how stable they are, what supply is like. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that'll be a big deal for for people that are looking for a replacement for the 2080 Ti. Yeah, because right now, like, if if you do two 3090s and, like, maybe the POK, if you've got enough case airflow uh, with the Founders Editions or maybe even the other style, uh, if you do two 3090s, you're only going to be matching, you know, four 2080 Ti's. Now, I mean, those two 3090s are cheaper and it has more VRAM, 
Um, so like that, that's an added benefit, but in terms of like raw performance, at least from everything I've seen in my stuff, and I, I believe in like your guys' stuff, 23090s is not faster than four 2080 Ti's. I mean, the fact that we're talking about two cards versus four is pretty amazing anyway, but- Yeah, it's still pretty crazy, right? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it, I, it's, I, that's significant. I do have to say it is strange um, to see like this cooling solution, the the troubles that we we're look, seeing uh, for multi-GPU setups, especially when NVIDIA is so hardcore about machine learning and AI, and really the way to do that is with multiple graphics cards. Is this, is this kind is of their... Well, yeah, I was going to say, is this kind of their way of forcing those industries into yeah. the quadro well, side of things? But why... What, what... I mean, what's really the difference? Why would... I don't know. I don't know. It just so, seems... Okay. Let, let me start this, and I'm probably going <laughs> to hand it off to Don, because I think Don has a lot of good things to talk about on this. Um, but, so I think there's multiple things. They, they've already been doing this. The uh, RTX Titan, there was no aftermarket cards. Uh, it was only manufactured right. by NVIDIA, and it was only their founder's edition, which was bad for multi-GPU. So they already have started down this road of, you know, if you want to do multi-GPU, you're supposed to go Quadro. Um, and it was only because they did not control, like, the 2080 Ti to the same degree as they did the RTX Titan, they can't control like Gigabyte from making blower style. And so since there was demand there, Gigabyte just wants to sell cards. So they sell, I mean, if there's a demand for it, they'll make a thing for it. Uh, right. NVIDIA, they want to push everybody to Quadro. And there's a couple of different reasons. Um, one, I'm, they make more money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, but the reason is like, um, the, the actual practical reasons is those cards are designed to be put under load for, you know, 24 seven and be in multi-GPU configuration. So like they're designed for it, they're bend for it more. Um, and so I think that's the main supposed reason that they want people to go to Quadro is because it's it's made to do that. Now, what we've seen is people look at it and say like, well, why would I buy an RTX 6000, or yeah, an RTX 6000 for four times the cost of a 2080 Ti, when I can just get a 2080 Ti, and if one card dies, I throw it in the trash and I'm still three times faster. Oh, another card died in two years, oh, I throw that out, I'm still two times faster. Another card dies in four years, oh, I throw that one out. And so they get like, you know, way more performance over the life of the system even though they're having to constantly throw out cards, even if and that's like a worst case scenario, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> but, so I think that's kind of the reasoning for why they're trying to push people to Quadro. I, if they could drop the price of Quadro a little bit, I think that would make a big difference. But yeah. Quadros are just so pricey. I mean, there's other features within Quadro that only exist in Quadro. And oh. it's usually like, if you don't know if you need it, then you probably don't need it. Okay. Yeah, like, that's true. There's like the sync stuff. Yeah, there's sync. There's a few. I don't. Some of the stuff there's that stuff like Linus machines. pointed out. Yeah, um, that only Quadro will do. But hmm. for the most part, you can brute force it in GeForce and do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And all of those things that only a Quadro can do are only that way because NVIDIA chose to make them that sure. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 10 bit display like... out. Yeah, 10 bit display out was Quadro only for years and years. And they've always said, like, no, we can't do that on GeForce. It's a Quadro only thing. And then a year ago, hey, look, it's enabled on oh, GeForce now. Way. It's just a driver yeah. update. Yeah, yeah with the driver like... update, no less. Like, it wasn't yeah. physical hardware at all. Yeah. That's... Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff with that. And Matt, what you were saying about. Um, you know, like expecting cards to fail and stuff like that and just replace them because they're low cost. That was, that was, 
that was normal business in the early days with the GPU compute. I mean, you know, cause I, I was consulting on building and building these systems back in the very early days of doing this stuff. And that I always told everybody, as you know, you get four cards, expect at least one to fail in six months. You're going to burn them up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it was like, and then, um, you know, that was just kind of how it was. The, the quality of the cards really, really, really got a lot better from, you know, from the 900s and, the, and then the, the, you know, the, the 10XX series. Those cards were like massively improved. They, so they didn't fail so much anymore. And they, they pretty much don't. Uh, but that nice. used to be that used to be the norm. Um, but yeah, really on that, you know, it's the price is so good on the GeForce, and you can and there's some great performance to be had there. That you know, it's 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 overwhelmingly compelling to do that. And uh, um, even if it is you know risking you know card failure, you know problems like that, it's still overall it comes out really good. So. Um, and that, I mean, that that totally drove the entire machine learning uh, explosion that we've had. Right. Because right. everybody could, hey, I got my gaming rig, now I can be a data scientist, cool. right? Yeah, look, look what happened and with folding and for, for real. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, quadros, same things. I'm really looking forward to seeing the quadros because, yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff that's not... <laughs> You know, if you, I, I've got to dig into this a lot more. There's, a, there's a lot. Of, I've gotten surprises from some of comments on, on already on my post. Some people gave me <laughs> some really good information. I'm going, oh man, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even realize that about these things. Um, but the, uh, like, if the quad, the quadro is more like the the Tesla, then mm. there'll be a big difference this round on the quadros um i'm really hoping that the quadros will have the the mig the the uh, multi-instant gpu thing uh that's essentially uh vgpu uh, gpu partitioning uh, on the Ooh. hardware side really 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 awesome i, I hope quadros do that uh pretty sure they um, will i think they will i think they they've will. been they've been pushing that pretty hard in marketing thing over the past couple of years and i can't imagine they would abandon that yeah and this uh, this doing this in hardware the way they're doing now just i mean i'm like going oh hey that is really awesome uh, so there so there there's a bunch of stuff like that so quadro may be really actually quite compelling this round um but you know for people that are on a tight budget whatever trying to you know maximize what they can get man these g4 they're the geforce cards are going to be fine they're going to be really good mm-hmm. I, i'm not i'm not uh too worried about that um, you know, my own testing is like, at this point, it's like, whoa, this is not a big improvement if you look really at some other advances. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really clear in, in my, uh, the 3090 post that, that I put up. Um, but uh, it's very early, the stuff's not completely supported yet, but it's still, yeah, they're really good. So, so that's gonna be easy, but I'm hopeful, you know, looking at what NVIDIA did, the pricing on the GeForce, I'm hoping they do kind of a similar thing on the Quadro. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If they do, then they're going to make people really have to go, oh, okay, maybe I can go ahead and just get the Quadros. Maybe I should really do the Quadros here instead of the GeForce. Mm-hmm. If they if they do the pricing that way, then yeah, they'll win people over to the Quadro side 
I, I think in mass if if um i'm betting the quadrilles would be the same price per tier as they are now because I, I mean right kelly you're probably right man the 3080 <laughs> the 3080 is technically the 3080 is technically the 2080 replacement and it's the same right. price yeah. the 3090 is the only weird one because they didn't want to call it titan because it doesn't have the titan features so i don't know yeah i don't i doubt they'll change the price of quadro right yeah the tech is up there yeah anyone that is like oh yeah I'll, i need this for my multi-million dollar movie project they're gonna be like yeah i'll pay six thousand dollars for a video card i don't care yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like we have a, a few customers and i guess we shouldn't say any names or anything we definitely shouldn't uh but there's some of them where like they buy computers for a project and at the end of the project it gets destroyed like they they they, they actually physically will like destroy or like mothball machine and yeah. so like and those are expensive machines sometimes sometimes yeah. they're 20 30 grand and but to them it's dropping the bucket that's nothing that's operating costs yeah that that blows my mind that yeah. well and because I, I often i often i personally encounter this a lot when when coming up against our pricing right people complain <laughs> about that but but when like a minute a minute is thousands of dollars a seven thousand dollar pc to save you 15 minutes is is nothing is not even yeah. a half a thought yeah. like uh, and, and, so, and to yeah. those people, it's the like support side uh, that makes it even more worth it. Uh, oh, like, sure. for, like for us, like they can buy a computer for a do- bottom dollar from, you know, one of the multitude of, you know, configure your own PC websites out there. And yeah, you can get it for like almost new egg pricing assembled. But right. man, how many problems are you going to be dealing with? How, how yeah. high quality are those parts? What, hey, what power supply is it? Because it's probably a $20 power supply. Like, yeah. $20 power supply. Like powering a seven thousand dollar workstation is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. We have we have we've been getting quite a few quite a few questions uh, in the chat here. Thank you to William and Matt for handling some of those as, as they've come through. But um, like, what uh, will the thirty eighty majorly impact AI development on personal PCs? That's a good yes. one. Probably. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Easy answer. Move on. Next question. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. yes. Well, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, you know, it, it's kind of like what I was saying. It, it's, it's, um, it's, it's going to be pretty much a no-brainer replacement for, you know, for like a 2080 Ti. But, man, those cards were great. Sure. And, and uh, you know, there, there's, there's some, some things in, the, in this new design that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Uh, the, the most significant thing that I found in my new testing was this massive performance increase using uh, uh, newer TensorFlow and uh, newer CUDA and stuff like that on the old cards. You know, like the the huh. the RTX Titan and the 2080 Ti on on half precision. You know, yeah. the tensor cores, big jump in improvement. Interesting. And it, I mean, it's like wow. If you look at if you look at my put 3090 post right now, I mean, there's like it, there ain't that much difference. Wow. On, on on half precision, and and they're also getting really good at doing mixed precision. Uh, you know. Uh, TensorFlow, TensorFlow has uh, automatic mixed precision now, where basically it'll do an analysis of the compute graph, 
and and figure out okay like where you they really need you know single where they can do half precision and stuff like that kind of to optimize it without precision loss wow. so 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 that kind of stuff is 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 pretty important and it turns out and, th- and this was enlightening by to some of my commenters on my boat it's like oh i didn't know that they they the the, the tensor core that part of uh, of these new cards is not it's not a, that big of a step forward in fact oh. it's probably not it's not a step forward so it's more CUDA cores, less, but not a, more tensor. Yeah, yeah. It turns out, and you see that in my, you see that in the results. My FP32, this the single precision results, which is actually very, very important because that's, you know, that's usually you usually need that for things to be stable, sure. getting better. But that, you know, there's a nice improvement with the RTX 30 there. But when I, but the uh, uh, FP16 results. Whoa, no, they're pretty much they're pretty much kind of on par with the older cards. Wow. So, and that is because the older cards are now so much better. And that's in the the uh, the post I did on the 3080. That was so rushed, you know. I I pulled the new data into uh, into Pandas and I did you know into my Pandas data frame and and put the numbers in there and I had Matplotlib ready to make the the charts and I made the charts and that was with my old testing data uh, on the big collection of cards. But that mm-hmm. was an older CUDA an older TensorFlow and so that was a little bit misleading because you know I did the RTX Titan in there and you could see that yeah oh, okay there was a big improvement um, but uh, yeah yeah those old results now like move way forward They're, they would all be better if I redid them so um, so in the 3090 post you can really see really more of an apples to apples kind of comparison of uh, what the performance is like and that qualifying that that's the performance what it is like today Sure. Because NVIDIA just released CUDA 11.1 that mm-hmm. actually has support for the compute level of the RTX 30 cards. Wow. So so even this, this testing that I that I did, it, it works. That was CUDA 11, which supports Ampere, but Ampere A100, not A, A102, which is what these cards are. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, so I so w- when everything gets rebuilt and I may recompile all this stuff myself because it, people are really t- anxious to see, oh, okay, how good really are these cards? And uh, I, at this point, I'm going, oh, please, Nvidia, make those nice, wonderful uh, uh, Docker containers that I can use. <laughs> um, but I might go ahead and try and and do a rebuild of TensorFlow myself and link into the the new CUDA 11.1, so I've got full actual real support um, for these cards, and then see you know what I can do. But it's going to be hard for me to get to benchmark things that way. And it, I don't know. I might I might try it, but. Yeah. You know, I think that's um, something worth pointing out, or leads to something that's worth pointing out. Uh, that like you're having all these problems at, with like early stuff. Like we have issues too. Like uh, so a lot of my testing, I had to use beta builds of like Premiere Pro or DaVinci yeah. Resolve because oh, it wow. didn't support red footage. Um, I, I think one of the things that we do that's so unique is we redo our testing a lot. Like most hardware reviewers, they will like test a card. 
and they reuse those results. Like they might be reusing results that they ran two years ago and like they just keep using it over and over and over. And they never mention it in their like reviews that like they're reusing old results, but they are. Um, and we're unique because we will retest things constantly. Like uh, we're always trying to be on the latest drivers and like versions of say Premiere Pro. So like if a new version of Premiere Pro comes out, we're not gonna test like a card on that new version versus like results from a card on an old version of Premiere Pro because they change things constantly. Yeah, It's not like a video game where like, oh yeah, that game hasn't had an update in two years. So like, yeah, whatever, it's probably about the same. Um, right. You know, that's still ignoring like Windows updates and driver updates, but like our stuff oh. changes so much. So like um, we, I might have to redo all of my stuff when the 3070 launches in oh, sure. you know, mid-October, that's like a month. I might have to redo everything because like Premiere Pro, uh, like the, the GPU decoding is in um, beta right now. If that hits launch and it actually works, I was having problems getting it enabled on some of my stuff, but I mean, it's beta. <laughs> Right. Um, but if I hit launch and it like it works, like that's gonna throw all of my results or like half of my results are gonna be completely different. So I can't just reuse old stuff. And I, again, that's what's really nice about the stuff we do is we're constantly redoing stuff. Like, yeah, things will change. Um, usually people think it's changing because of driver improvements. Now nah, like driver improvements almost never, it fixes like stability and like having things work, but usually driver doesn't give you much performance increase. It's usually like the accompanying software, like, oh yeah, they finally added in this feature that takes advantage of, you know, feature X on these cards. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Unreal just it posted their uh, preview for Unreal 4.26, because I'm on 4.253 right now. Mm -hmm. And that adds a whole bunch of <laughs> um, that adds a whole bunch of GPU related stuff to it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this, see if I need to redo testing, make new tests, whatever. And that was oh. just came out a couple days ago. <laughs> so that's, we'll see that's what why automation is such a big deal for what we do, because we're mm -hmm. constantly doing tests. There's no way we could do what we do manually. We have to automate everything. Well, we have to do yeah. Automation. I'm trying to get to keep up with the software developers' automation. Yeah. Right? They push out. They push out new releases automatically. So it's like, oh, stop it! Slow it down, man! <laughs> like every month, come on. <laughs> man, that's yeah, that's neat. That's and thankfully, I have to say, thankfully, I'm I don't have to deal with that a whole lot. Uh, you guys, <laughs> I just have to move along the information to other people. So you're just uh, you're just here to be the, the pretty one on stream. Aww. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've said before that I I act as the the audience surrogate. I'm the everyman, mm -hmm. right? Like I know mm -hmm. a little bit about what you guys do enough to be dangerous and to kind of gist it for other people out there. Um, but it's it's always good it, and. It, just like on the Wednesday streams, I'm I'm always blown away by the details that you guys end up having to, to find out and deal with and fix and and just some of the little surprises that come up in um, in everything you guys do. It's it's super cool. Uh, experts experts in what they do are some of the most fascinating. It's very cool. So <laughs> sometimes I'm so surprised that I'm called a professional. I'm like, hey, you get paid. Really? That's, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it takes. but I get paid. I'm like, oh, yeah. I actually <laughs> remember that. That's the, the, Oh, first, man, you get paid uh, for it. <laughs> a long time ago, when we were when Puget was operating out of uh, John's house in up in SeaTac, uh, I remember the first time like it was on a, a CPU box uh, for an Intel CPU. It said like only to be installed by a professional, and I was like, and I remember telling him like, look at this, it's kind of weird. Like I'm not a professional. It's like you're being paid. You're a professional. Oh, 
Oh, so, I'm a professional. <laughs> here's a here's a kind of an interesting question that I know we actually were kind of discussing even before the stream, but um, temperatures. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, we do all our testing in open benches and stuff, um, which shouldn't really affect a whole lot in the way of thermals and stuff. But um, the question from Hulk five thousand one on Twitch is: So did the thirty eighty increase the temperature of the CPUs? Uh, we've only pushed out a few fully built systems so far, but uh, have you guys seen anything weird or anomalous um, that you can speak to? So we don't really do the temperature stuff much up in labs unless there's something weird going on or we're investigating something specifically, but I do remember production and qualification talking about, yeah, the on the Founders Edition at least, mm -hmm. that fan that's blowing some of the heat from the video card directly up right to where the CPU sucks it in, that did increase CPU temps. And I want to say what they did was increased the case fan speeds a little bit, I think. Because yeah. uh, yeah. the CPU fan is thermally controlled already. So it, if it needs to ramp up, it will. But to help compensate for that extra heat, just bringing a little bit more fresh air in to the system through the front fans, I believe was the solution that they found that kept it from being a problem. Um, and for everyone that's that's watching, we use Noctua fans mostly. Well, I guess we do use the, the generic fractal ones that come with the case. But usually it's the Noctuas and we run them pretty low. And they're already super quiet as is, but we run them in pretty low fan curve. So we upped the fan curve a little bit, but no audible difference, really. So That's yeah. good. it's well, not like we're, we're ramped up to full speed or anything like that, you know? Well, they're still trying out a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to take advantage of my fancy Ooh, OBS look camera at that. Uh, But like, they're trying out weird things. Like, normally the air would go from the front and then, you know, flow in. They're trying, like, well, maybe if we reverse everything. So the air will come in through the oh, back, oh, through man. the CPU, and then everything will go up. Um, upwards, like okay. maybe that'll help. I don't know. They're they're still experimenting. I mean, something like this. Like we stole the carbs up in lab so we can do performance testing. They're really just now starting to be able to do a lot of that kind of, you know, figuring out what works. Um, yeah. And you know, we already have you know we have a couple of seed units already out, and it's like, well, we know it'll be okay, but it right. might not be exactly what we're going to end up doing in our own workstations. Um, the one thing I do th think that's important. To for like everyone to realize is how good uh, hardware is at managing heat these days. Oh yeah. Like a video card, it doesn't overheat. The fans ramp up slowly. So like most of the time, like your video cards under load, like every video card is gonna report like 70 to 80 degrees. Always, it doesn't matter like how good or how bad your case airflow is. What you have to look at is the, the fan speeds, like how much of the fans having to, having to ramp up. And you know, and then once the fans hit a hundred uh, you know, percent, then the GPU might start getting hotter and then it has to start throttling. But like hardware rarely crashes due to heat these days. Um, it was even, what was that, like four or five years ago when we were still doing the aquarium PCs um, where everything is submerged in mineral oil, we wanted to stress test the tanks. And what we did is we just turned off all of the cooling and just let it cook. We just ran like Prime 95 and Furmark in the oil and the oil got up to like 80 degrees Celsius. So super dangerous, like it, it was dangerous. Uh, but we wanted to you know, make those tanks fail. Uh, we, were we were talking about actually doing some, uh, was it sous vide cooking? <laughs> where you put stuff in the bag and then you put it in. But um, the, what was crazy, though, was that system never crashed. 
like the CPU throttled down to like 50 megahertz or something ridiculously low. Wow. But it, it just kept running. And that's, you know, three or four years ago. So like heat is bad. Heat is bad, like long-term and it does affect performance, but heat doesn't cause as much like system crashes anymore, at, at least on like the CPU and GPU. Um, the hard thing with this now, let me see if I can find that other picture. Is well, now is we're not dealing with- This is assuming that the cooler and everything is installed correctly. Ooh, mm -hmm. I've had yeah. uh, oh, I've yeah. dealt with some systems where it would crash under load because there was improper thermal paste like the, the plastic yeah still on the weird. bottom of the yeah, like that. Yeah. Like that. so if, if you are getting crashes because of heat there's something else wrong yeah well the other thing too for another one so this is a thermal image from a cd we sent out with the 3090 um and this is much hotter over here than it normally is because the hot air is coming up it's going through the cpu fan and it's blowing over there it's still safe yeah. but uh I think one of the big questions here is not the GPU temperature, not the CPU temperature, but what it's going to do for like all those miscellaneous chips on the motherboard. Sure. You know, those things are important, but mm -hmm. there's no thermal sensors on those things. There's nothing. You can only see it with a thermal image like this. Yeah. And if, you know, something, you know, one of these chips over here gets too hot and it, you know, breaks or burns out that's gonna affect everything. So I'm personally not too worried about CPU and GPU temperatures. Yeah. I'm worried about everything DRM. else. I, the, yeah. There is an interesting thought too, like, um, M.2s, right? They mm -hmm. they will they're your hot. data your transfer speeds are yeah they're hot to begin with and then your transfer speeds suck if they get too hot. Um, that could have an effect later on too, especially over long term because like as as the machine sits there, it's not just those hot spots that you see in that photo, but like mm -hmm. eventually everything's gonna warm up if the board gets hot enough and things like that. It's um, there, yeah, yeah, I feel like there's there's still a lot I of unknown. Thermal yeah, I think that that's a bigger into. deal with those like triple fan, you know, the aftermarket ones, the, the right. founders editions, because the founders editions, at least they're blowing the air in very predictable ways um, and very little that is going down onto the motherboard. It's those ones that just like are constantly recycling. Those are the ones where I think you have more problem with like M.2s and, and all those kinds of things. So most most boards now with M.2 slots, they have heat sinks on them. But right. I mean, a heat sink goes both ways. If you yeah, heat up a heat I'm, sink, it makes the M.2 drive hotter. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, kind of where I was coming from yeah um so we have another question this one's specifically for matt from hackon broderland uh on the resolve benchmark a while back you guys did three levels of workload for live playback have you guys dropped that due to benchmark automation oh yeah 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 pretty much exactly because of automation um don was supposed to help me with something years ago with oh. the ai oh, <laughs> it, it just, i think about that every now that i go oh hey i can try this before that no, the, the problem with that, um, to give a quick, uh, not take up too much time on the stream, is that uh, there's no hooks in the API for like measuring how you know the FPS of playback is. So all we basically have is there's a little counter that displays, really small counter. And like if you're doing it manually, you can just read the counter, whatever. But what we were having to do was take a screenshot every second for like 30 seconds, um, log like what the pixel checksum was for it, and then like have a separate thing figure out afterwards like match up the checksum with what that was and if it doesn't know what it was then it like prompted us like i don't know what this is what is this and we say oh that's 24. um oh, wow. and that worked okay for our own testing because we can control like the screen resolution where things are the layout but now that we're setting our benchmarks out for the public to use 
like there's no way that's going to work for anybody out there. Um, they're better off just doing it manually. And we do that for customers. If a customer like, you know, says like, oh, I'm working with this footage and they can send us a test clip or a test project, we'll plug it into a couple of systems and tell them um, like, okay, it gives this playback in this system, this playback in there. So we've kind of replaced it with that customized testing and just done the more generalized testing for like our articles and stuff. But eventually, I, yeah, Don, again, it'd be nice to go back in and try to come up with some sort of like AI thing of like, but it'd have to like figure out where that number is and then what that number is and, you know, deal with all that. And that's pretty complex, I, I would think. Yeah, so. it's, it's a little bit, it is kind of tricky to get, I mean, because that's very specific application. That's like, it's like, oh yeah, you, this thing it's, really has to do this. It's not just some, you know. Uh, so yeah, it is a little bit tricky. But hey, hey Matt, you you called me out in public on that, I, and I do think about it because I keep, you know, I I run into things like, oh, maybe th this might be a good way to do that, you know, the, that thing that Matt needed, and. Uh, um, okay. Oh, I, I didn't mean to like really talk. I, I was. I'm <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. That. It's, but it's, it's, it's a cool. <laughs> it's actually a good. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, it's a, that's a that's a cool application. That's a cool thing to be able to do. Um, I'll add that onto my big list. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the hard thing with that too is doing that kind of like AI detection and things like that. You're putting more load on the system, and does that affect performance? Like, uh, so you, you know, you could end up in the case where we're benchmarking something, but it's no longer real. Like, it's in the application; mm -hmm. it's doing what it's supposed to do, but we're putting so much or enough load on the system otherwise that it skews all of the results. Um, mm. So it's yeah. tough, man. Making benchmarks for software that doesn't support benchmarking is really hard when you don't have access to like the source code you can't just like add hooks and stuff it's a Kelly over there mm -hmm. it, it's hard <laughs> well yeah i'm realizing why like blender and all them like have released like cpu rendering or gpu rendering benchmarks but that's all it benchmarks is rendering performance yeah no because that's just like start done how long did it take like that's all it needs to be but like all the other stuff that we want to know as creators like how does it perform day to day that's hard to yeah. measure the, the worst thing that people always ask for is tests having to do with like lag like oh yeah you know like using a brush in photoshop or lightroom or like i click on this how long does it take for things to load and like some of that like click on something how long does it take to load sometimes we can but a lot of my tests i've started to be dropping it more and more because usually there's no difference between different cpus because everything has very similar single threaded performance these days and that stuff's almost always single threaded and it's so fast that just like someone sitting at two machines and like giving their own like, well, I feel like this one's faster is more accurate than like getting actual like benchmark results. Cause you're talking like 0 0.002 seconds versus 0 0.004. It's like, that's really hard to measure um, with like <laughs> uh, software tools. Um, someone intuitively is gonna be able to feel that a lot more. So it's really hard to do benchmarks for. That's what I really liked about Sir Wade's video recently on mm -hmm. the 3090. Because it's like, it's an actual user saying, this feels right. This, like, this makes it easier to do my job. And it's hard to be like, yeah, it's a second faster rendering it. Like, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. Like, 
But yeah, yeah you, that, that's, that's why I'm point. glad we're that's doing more and more of these seed units or, or helping, you know, these different people. I mean, we do a lot with Corridor and they're, they're, they're terrific, but we're trying to do more of that because our benchmarks are great. Our benchmarks really help, especially people who have to define like an ROI, like return on an investment. They have to justify the cost with like their purchasing department or their manager or whoever. They can say like, well, well this is 30% faster, so I can do my renders 30% faster. So it's this much time saved or this much more work I can do in a day. Um, that's super valuable. But for like, like your own personal, is it worth it? Videos, just like you said, with the Sir Wade one or a lot of the corridor ones and all of those ones, that's way more meaningful to you or to people personally. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just from a like marketing and selling standpoint, it's 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 better to aim at those sorts of benchmarks those emotional feelings like mm-hmm. it, this it, it doesn't matter the the data is boring and like yeah okay but what does that mean how does that I feel boring. I, like data. Well, I mean <laughs> i do too i know um, what you mean um, but but so much of that is okay well what is 15 percent faster really like <laughs> yeah okay i can you can say it's going to save five minutes or an hour or whatever but really what that means is i get to have dinner with my family because i don't have to sit at my desk and make sure that the render finishes exactly you know um, those sorts yeah, of translations a, yeah are, there's a frustration are, factor there too yeah you know i mean it's it's like uh you know it's, it's like, like like driving a nice car or something you know you may you can still get where you're going to go but it may be a lot more pleasant experience and you may just like like matt said you feel but it feels better and i you know i'm i'm a scientist and i'm you know try to be rational and blah, blah. But man, it, to me, the feel of a machine is a big deal, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know because it doesn't take too much for that little that mm-hmm. frustration to kind of creep in when you're working. On, you know, computer computers are always frustrating; they always right. will be. But when it feels just like wow, hey, this is you know, man, this you know stuff is working here. It, it's noticeable, and it improves your experience and yeah. your your workflow significantly mm-hmm. because that frustration can creep in and it starts like grabbing you and then your productivity goes out the door. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it is a big deal. Well, and, and I think that's why we focus so heavily on reliability first. We talk about yeah. re- like when someone's like, why should I buy it from Puget? It's reliability and like support first. Performance is like third because I mean, technically like a system from us with the same hardware, if you build it your own or buy from someone else, it's probably gonna perform the same. Like it, hardware's hardware. Um, but yeah, we make sure that things are configured <laughs> right. Yeah, we make sure it actually works. It's high quality components. Um, it's got all the updates. There's not like a you know fan that's unplugged. Uh, so like it'll work. It'll crash usually. Less. So, yeah. well, <laughs> so I mean, just like what Don was saying, like the nice car. It's yeah, two cars get you there. One will feel way better, but also it has to go to the shop a whole lot less. You know, when your car is in the shop, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Um, so less time in the shop is money in the bank basically that's why we stopped doing overclocking on cpus because yeah you can get some better performance but like the reliability system drops significantly the like it just introduces a lot more problems and for our customers that's not acceptable mm-hmm. so they'd rather do two percent slower and not have to send their system in every six months than <laughs> yeah. get an extra little tiny boost 
Yeah, especially these days with all the turbos yeah. built into everything, you really yeah. don't get much from overclocking. It's just not yeah. worth it. Yeah. Well, it's totally on topic for the RTX 3090. <laughs> well, it kind of is because a lot of the cards available, especially 3090, sure. are overclocked cards. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. you just buy that. You don't have to like manually overclock things. You don't have to do anything. Just. Yeah, that that used to be a red flag on the GPUs. Mm -hmm. The the real rule of thumb for for compute on the GPUs is do not get an overclocked card. And I mean, you you look at you look at the uh, especially like the the Teslas, those clocks are significantly down from what you're going to see on the GeForce cards. And there's mm -hmm. a reason for that because it really lowers the reliability, and you can also it can generate um, kind of artifacting errors mm. uh, that can, you know, crash your jobs. Oh, you yeah. know, if, if you're playing a game and you get a few pixels that are corrupted, it's no big deal. Mm. But if you're training a model and you uh, all, all of a sudden overflow a register somewhere, you know, <laughs> right. some, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you just got garbage. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know how if you guys want to go a little beyond the hour. There are another couple questions. Um, in particular, uh, what are your thoughts of Cinebench on CPU and GPU throughput for benchmarking? William's up there. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> He's probably answering somebody else's question. Yeah, which is, yeah, he may have already been answering this question. Um, can you repeat the question? I apologize. Sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. It was it was regarding Cinebench. What are your thoughts of Cinebench on CPU and GPU throughput for benchmarking? Well, so Cinebench doesn't actually test the GPU at all. Cinebench is a CPU benchmark. Um, the older version of Cinebench, so that's R20. The R15 version had a GPU section that sort of tested, like, it was trying like to test viewport. what performance in a viewport would be like. Yeah, with it wasn't like anything you were interacting with. It was just a basically playback of a pre-recorded scene. Uh, but that disappeared in R20. Uh, R20 has just got a single-threaded and a multi-threaded uh, thing, and it's CPU only. Uh, now, Maxon, the folks that make Cine, uh, Cinema 4D and mm -hmm. Cinebench, of course, they now own Redshift. They bought that, oh, which is right. a 3D rendering engine that does use the GPU. And we test that. And that, yeah, that's fantastic on these new cards. Um, mm -hmm. It's... Uh, I don't know at what point, or uh, presumably at some point, maybe they'll integrate that in. It's it's a, still a plug-in for uh, Cinema 4D, if you want to okay. use Redshift in there. Maybe at some point that'll become like a default built-in part of the software, um, which could also cascade into other things. Like, Matt, you were like saying After Effects, uh, After Effects <laughs> uses some Cinema 4D stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll make Redshift get into oh, After Effects. That'd be Effects. so good. That'd be so good. Uh, so there's some potential I've, stuff there like that, but uh, yeah, Epic right just, at this moment, Cinebench mm -hmm. didn't even test on these because it's a CPU thing. Epic just gave a big grant to Maxon to develop Cinema 4D integration with Unreal. Oh, hey. wow. Everything is just going to be integrated soon. Yeah, that's everything, cool, everything that's talks great. to everything. That's and it's cool, going right? to be just as terrible as it is between Adobe apps. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel I don't. Well, I don't Adobe's know. Adobe's at least all I generated guess. all by the same company, and there's enough which, problems with like dynamic link and stuff, yeah. which you would think would have a better interaction. But I feel like because Adobe's super big, and I feel like there's probably some sort of like internal bickering. Whereas like when you have these separate companies who are all 
all trying to like kind of boost each other up. You might get a Maybe. little bit more play nice. We'll see. Well, the, then we have to like try to figure out how or where do we benchmark that? Like, do we benchmark Cinema 4D by itself, or do we have to benchmark it with After Effects and with Unreal? And like, yeah. Ooh, where I, do these things lie? Yeah, you know? I, I bet. I, man, that was really good. But I bet <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna do big tests for like each individual one, and then we have some crossovers built into those tests. Like in my After Effects test, I do have a couple of tests that are for uh, using Cinema 4D um, stuff, uh, but it's just a it's a subset of that. Most of it is about After Effects, and so like if Redshift is integrated. Then those like Cinema 4D ones probably would switch over to doing that kind of a thing, and like um, maybe in Cinema or Unreal, maybe would have a little bit of like we'd use Cinema 4D projects in the benchmark or something. I, but yeah, I totally agree. Like, and I think you have the hardest time, Kelly, uh, because Unreal is being used by like everything, every industry. <laughs> You've got yeah. everything from like engineering to like architecture to VR training or VR gaming, gaming. You've got it using film and animation oh. and even scientific and like AI. Like yes. they're mm -hmm. using Unreal to train like, you know, things how to walk. Yeah. Like with AI and all this craziness. They're using it in the news. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just it's, it's the most like widely used single application that I know of right now. It's it's pretty it's besides so weird. maybe yeah. Photoshop, but I guess Word, Excel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right on. Uh, well, that does bring us a little bit over our hour. Um, if we'll, if anybody wants to get in one last question before we before we go, um, get it in now. I'll wait maybe a minute or two to because I know there's always a bit of a delay with streaming and stuff. So, um, but just in case, while we wait for a question from audience, is there anything you guys would like to mention or or point out or any cool stuff for the future you think is coming or, or you're excited for? I'm just excited 30, for. I'm excited for Quadro. Yeah. Quadro. I'm excited for Quadro too. Yeah, I, I'm excited for the 90s. Yeah. Pretty many blowers. I'm so excited for blowers. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited for 3070 for myself since it's should be should still beat the 2080 Ti. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm still on a 10 series card, you know, just my own. Same. Yeah. Trying yeah, to develop the all reasons... these Unreal benchmarks at home has been fun. Yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm excited for the 3070 is because stock of the old cards is like non-existent. And mm -hmm. so hopefully that'll mean that we'll have a card that's like uh, more affordable than the 3080. Cause like a lot of like the stuff I deal with like Photoshop and Lightroom, you need a video card, but you don't need a super powerful one. And like, right. it'd be nice to be able to really have solid supply of a card that's a little bit more affordable for those workflows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Hack on in chat brought up the other thing. Uh, what AMD has for video cards? Ooh, really excited yeah. to see what if they can pull something out this time. I was pretty yeah. unimpressed with the last series, at least for my workflow. Mm -hmm. A lot of um, like Unreal's ray tracing stuff has been decoupled from the RT cores. Um, it still uses them, but it can use anything now. So it's like set up right because it's designed for the new uh, consoles. Um, so theoretically, I could have good options from AMD, but we'll see. Yeah, the hardest thing with AMD, though, I feel is not their hardware because like, I mean they focused a lot on gaming recently, so a lot of their like their mm -hmm. 5700 XT just isn't that great for most productivity apps. But I feel like they, they've got to get their driver support 
really nailed down and that's that's not like a hardware release that's a they've got to hire more people they've got to really up their qa and all that and i don't know if they can do that in one generation so yeah i don't think even if performance is good, like this is a, this is exactly what we saw with the Radeon Seven when the Radeon Seven um, launched. <laughs> like performance was great in Resolve, like it was amazing. But one, it only existed for like a month, and we still get people asking about it. Why didn't you include the Radeon Seven? It's been EOL for like a year. Yeah. Uh, AMD just hasn't acknowledged it, but like you can't buy it. Um, so and like we still had issues long ways down the line, even after it was not EOL um, of like blue screens with multiple monitors and like it never got fixed. So I think that's what I think AMD has to do. They've, they've got to fix their like driver quality before mm-hmm. anything else. Their cards can perform phenomenally or well, I can't speak. They can perform great. But um, if it crashes even a little bit more, that's just like what we were talking about before. Reliability is key in these kind of like, you know, where you're making money by using your computer. Mm-hmm. If it crashes, that's money lost. Yeah, I foresee it only being an option for the single GPU, single system Unreal uh, setups because for the people that need the Quadro for syncing multiple systems, there's just not going to be a, a comparison. It's going to be the people that are looking for a 3070, 3080 level card. I, th- I think at about a year, your time or, or sometime, sometime during 2021, um, we'll, we'll see that improve quite a bit from AMD. Um, there, there's Hopefully. a, um, I, I can't I remember offhand where it's going, but there's a supercomputer going in that's going to be all AMD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this will be on uh, Epic, and it's good, and they're going to use AMD GPUs as accelerators in this. Wow. Yeah. Okay, AMD so that, CPUs that, are amazing. AMD CPUs. The, they've, they've got that. The hardware's like great. Lockdown. Yeah. The the the. Uh, um, so I think that will. That's going to force a lot of like really serious work on, especially on the driver side and stuff like that. This because they're going to have they're going to have to you know compete for those uh, you know uh, petaflops. They got they got to get the performance out of those things and make it easier easy for people to use. So there should be quite a shift going on, plus all the stuff that Intel's doing too. And that will directly help AMD, ironically. Yeah, because of OpenCL. <laughs> it, yeah, because of OpenCL. Yeah. So yeah. I, I expect uh, 2021, uh, AMD will kind of emerge on that when, uh, with some more competitive stuff. Um, you know, ha- but uh, at what level, I don't know. If How, how relevant that's going to be for our, like, productivity apps and, and stuff, you know. Uh, I, I have no idea if, it's, if it'll, it'll probably trickle down to that. I hope so. hope so. Yeah, I think so. But it'll it's going to be a while. It'll be sometime next year, I think. That it'll it'll get significantly better. Well, uh, there was there there's one last thing I want to mention because it's it's curious to me, and I want to know if just if this makes any sense at all. Uh, das Wax on Twitch says Igor's lab less MLCC, more crashing, and lower clocks. Uh, I think I saw that. First of all, his stuff is amazing. What did he do? Um, uh, so he's a German, I think, reviewer. Um, so all of his stuff is translated. So like sometimes the text is a little bit funny. But um, yeah, he did a, I think it was Teardown of the 3080s. And it was something to have to do with like the RAM chips. And like they run really hot. Oh, I didn't read the full thing. I just saw like the post on Reddit and read the top comments. I know I'm terrible. Oh, okay. I should read the content. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but his stuff is solid. Um, I think what he was saying is like that a lot of these first edition cards have like subpar RAM chips where they're not made to be 
run at the temperatures they are, but there's some oh. newer other models that have better chips. Uh, so that, that's the other reason why like buying on launch day is not a good idea for like stability, because even the cards themselves are going to get revisions in you know the sure. first weeks or months. So we'll see. Yes. But yeah, trust anything he puts out. He's he's solid. This is the there first GDDR6X chips out there. So who knows oh. what is going on? Okay. Yeah. okay. There's there's growing pain. And the thing that I feel like everybody always forgets, like, is that every launch is terrible. Like, oh, every yeah. single launch yeah. is awful. <laughs> like, go find the Reddit like mega threads for the like 2080 Ti launch or the 1080 Ti launch or the any launch. They're yeah. all like, there's no supply, there's no scalpers, and everything's yeah. broken and terrible, and Nvidia doesn't know what they're doing or Intel doesn't know what they're doing every time. So this this is normal, but mm-hmm. it sucks. But it's normal. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll we'll end it there. Uh, thank you guys for taking time out of the day, William, Kelly, Don, Matt, everybody. Thank you for joining us, uh, and thank you as well, the audience, for joining us uh, for another Labs Open Office Hour, our special Labs Lads edition. <laughs> um, I'm I'm excited. I like. I think we'll we'll do this for our hardware launches in the future. This is super cool. Yeah, um, nice. yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks you guys very much. Um, let me see. Oh, my normal outro. We do this every Wednesday and Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Wednesday, we bring industry experts from outside the company to talk about their workflow and give a little bit of tips, tricks, and behind-the-scenes info on what they do. Fridays at 1 p.m., we do this sort of a thing where we bring in members of our labs team to kind of talk about more about what they do specifically and the crossover between the hardware and the software uh, and testing that we do. So mark your calendars. Wednesdays, Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope. We'll thank you guys once again and we'll see you all next time. Bye!